Welcome to the Last Post podcast for the issue, Saturday 13th of April 2019. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Therapy Clinic Limerick, with a second store open in the Crescent Shopping Centre. You can keep up to date with all Limerick news on limerickpost.ie or following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. I'm now joined by Bernie English, Limerick Post journalist. Bernie, thanks for joining me again. Hi, Keen. No problem. <laughs> uh, some good news this week about a development, a future development in Limerick City. Yes, fantastic news, Keen. Um, we were very, very pleased to hear last Friday that UL is, has acquired the derelict Dunstores building on Sarsfield Bridge. And it's such a relief, I think, for the city and for everybody in it. Um, that thing has been just staring at us with this blank face for the last decade. It's, it's provoked all kinds of controversy and... We were wondering, you know, we were beginning to wonder would anything ever appear there again. And there was a lot of talk about sort of replacement um, retail units. Talks, as usual, of Marks and Spencers who have mm-hmm. been rumoured to be locating everywhere in this city. <laughs> from. But what's actually happened is that UL is going to open the Future Skills Academy on, in a campus there. And that's fantastic for a lot of reasons. First of all, it's going to be a very futuristic uh, look at it, third level education and pro- it seems to be like nothing else in Europe at the moment and they're going to have all kinds of exciting uh, projects including robotics and AI and all this sort of thing. There will be room for 2,000 students and 100 staff and I think most importantly, well first of all obviously the eyesore that is the empty tone mm-hmm. stores would be gone and this they've, they've released uh, artists impressions of uh, the design which is quite striking. It looks fabulous and it's it in, does, yeah, you yeah. can see how Perfect the location is looking over the river. And it is, and, and and it's it's turning its face to the river, which of course is what the city fathers want us to do. Mm-hmm. All new businesses coming along are being encouraged to do this, and why not? We have such a fantastic facility there with the Shannon. Um, but aside from that, we're going to have this lovely young energy in the city, which is exactly what we need to bring this city to life after dark. So we're all looking forward to seeing uh, a start being made on the planning process. No date as yet from the university as when we can expect to see. But I'd imagine they'd want it done as soon as they can. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I would think so. But look, at least we now know there is some movement on that. And um, the eyesore that was the empty Dun stores is gone. And Dr. Des Fitzgerald had this to say about the development. So I'm delighted that today uh, the University of Limerick Governing Authority authorised the uh, purchase of the uh, Dunn's site in the centre of uh, Limerick City and we're looking forward to developing it as our uh, city campus in the future. Then from some positive news Bernie to not so positive news with the sexual assault clinic that isn't in Limerick. Yes um, this was highlighted again this week because there was half a million euro um, or there was half a million euro allocated for sexual assault treatment units around the country of which there are five. Limerick sadly is not one of those places. If somebody is sexually assaulted between the hours of 9 and 5 or 9 and 6 in Limerick, they will have to go to either Cork or Galway or face the decision to wait until after hours for the GP service, which provides a forensic service in these cases. Um, It really seems, it beggars belief, that a city the size of Limerick doesn't have a unit Mm -hmm. like this. And people are are going to have to make very long journeys in a traumatised state. And there's also some staggering statistics put out as well. Well, yes. I mean, the the number of of reported sexual assaults and rapes has gone up by about a third. And a very, very frightening uh, statistic that has come out of that is that the age range of people who are making these reports uh, goes from 14 years of age to 75 years of age. So really, it's, it's just... 
furthering the conversation, nobody is safe. And shocking is the only word that comes to mind. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And uh, you know, and if, if somebody of, of seventy four or seventy five years of age has been assaulted in any fashion, mm-hmm. the fact that they might have to make a journey all the way to Cork or Galway in in busy daytime traffic exactly. is just astounding. And uh, all that report is available in this week's Limerick Post newspaper. Bernie, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Keen. Cheers. I'm now joined by Head of News, Jerry Collison. Jerry, thanks for joining us again. You're very welcome. How are you getting on? I'm very well, thanks. And yourself? Good, good. <laughs> and I'm greeted with a picture of some happy people on page six. Yeah, good few smiley faces around yeah. this week. Um, mainly coming from uh, fairly significant job announcements and fairly significant investments in Limerick. Um, so, but the first one happened out with uh, Edwards Life Science out on uh, Castle Troy. They turned the sod for a new facility out there. They're already operating out in the Shannon Free Zone, um, but the Castle Troy facility is going to be more or less their main European base. And that's going to come along with about 600 jobs. And um, there's also a, um, a very, very significant investment in terms of their, their building there. Doubled it to 160 million, was it? Indeed, yeah, that's the situation. And um, then the good news got even better with um, an announcement from um, Johnson & Johnson, who are already well-established out in the Castle Troy area. Um, they operate their vision care production facility out there. Um, but they announced um, a 100 million euro investment and 100 new jobs at their base, which is already the biggest site in the world for the manufacture of contact lenses. Now, there's going to be about an extra 200 people involved in the construction of this fairly significant building. And um, it's seen as they just underline their commitment to the area. Um, it means that um, Limerick is going to have some fairly significant players in the uh, medical technology center so if you think about it there are quite a good few um, major multinationals involved in that space and um, it just seems to be that 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 limerick now seems to be excelling in that area Um, the announcements with johnson and johnson and uh, edwards were followed by another announcement which on its own would have been a fairly significant announcement but sort of pales a little bit in comparison to the other two big hitters but this was a company called Fundrock, an international financial services company and they're creating 45 new jobs in the area they're also out towards castle troy and um, they're talking about doubling their workforce over the next 18 months so that's a, a couple of positive developments there but a, a development in anacotti that wasn't as welcome yeah that's that's uh, yeah close by Anacotti. um situation there is that there's uh, plans to develop two seven-story apartment blocks out at the entrance to the village and um, there's been a fair amount of concern over that i'd say most eloquently expressed by the local councillor out there joe pond who told us that uh, although he strongly agrees with the need for housing that um you know there's a significant problem over the size and scale of this development that it's going to be out of character with most of the local development um, but more importantly I'd say from his point of view is that it's not been um, backed up with the social infrastructure that he feels would be necessary there so he's looking at things like um, 
you know, transport links and um, especially the big theory. developments announced recently as well. It'll... Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And 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 this would be fairly significant because you're talking about eighty-seven apartments. There's twelve duplex units and there's twenty-seven detached houses. Now that brings it in at over a hundred units, and as such, that would go automatically to on board Planala. So what he's looking for, and it seems he's, he's uh, reflecting quite a lot of the concerns of the local people there, he's looking for um, the council's planning department to get involved with on board Planala and to come together and make sure that the necessary resources are in place before uh, this plan is approved. And uh, looking out towards the statement Castle Troy area, there's a student race... Yeah, well, yeah, they, they, they'll actually be going from Gasol Dry. It'll be out in it'll be out in Patrick's Well. So tomorrow, Thursday, this is the day of the um, annual student race day out in um, out in Patrick's Well. Um, there'll be about seven thousand third level students will be there, and they'll be doing mainly what students do when they're on a day out. But um, this has sort of um, been the cause of a, of a, of a warning from student uh, representatives out in UL. The uh, UL Student Life Group, they've, they've asked that, you know, there would be a special concentration on health and safety practices. Um, so for people who might be around in that area, just to watch out, you're going to see students doing what students do. And hopefully things are kept safe and uh, they get a few winners for the- yeah, I'd say the winners. I'd say the winners <laughs> might already be back there. You know, um, I would say that by the end of the day, you know, I'd say that they'd all be hoping to be winners. And uh, we're on to a bigger winner now, with Becky Lynch. Yeah, Becky Lynch. Here's 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 a woman now. She would be she would have um, been been born in in uh, in Limerick as um, as Betty Becky Quinn. And um, she's made a really, really big name for herself in the world of uh, professional wrestling. Um, only last weekend, she was involved in a huge tournament out in uh, New Jersey. And um, she emerged victorious. And for her trouble, she gets two world title belts. Now, um, it, this was a sort of a three-way contest that involved herself um, and two women, Rhonda Rossi and uh, Charlotte Flair. And um, yeah, the Limerick woman emerged victorious and um, she's there, fantastic photographer with her two belts. And um, bit of a, a journey there as well, wasn't her? Absolutely, yeah. There's a, there's, there's a great backstory there. Um, she took up the wrestling when she was only about 15. Um, then she suffered uh, what could have been a career-ending injury. It was a serious head injury when she was about 19. Um, on medical advice, and I suppose her own good sense, she said goodbye to the ring for a while and worked as a cabin crew member with Aer Lingus and studied drama at the Dublin Institute of Technology. But then the old wrestling bug bit her again and she was back in the ring and signed a contract with the WWE organisation about five years ago. Worked her way up along the ranks and got the chance last weekend at her world title tilt and took it with, with both hands. Um, but, you know, I suppose one of, one, of, one of the comments was, you know, and it's got, got a lot to do maybe with parents and their kids, you know. She, found, she said that the family found it a bit difficult to understand her, her career choice. So um, her, her mother was apparently always at her telling her, you know, why wouldn't she have, why wouldn't she be normal? And she comes back and says, well, you know, I don't know what normal is, mum. So 
pretty you know and that full report is available from Andrew Carey in this week's paper and online at limerickpost.ie it is and uh, Jerry were greeted with a, a lovely picture on front page this week yeah it's a cracker yeah Sean Curtin a man that, that consistently produces fantastic images and there's one of his one of his really really good ones uh, on the front page this week um, it's uh, it's a member of the Fidget Feet dance troupe and um, Sean has him has him framed in front of the big wheel down at the Arthur's Key um, Park um, essentially it's a publicity shot for the uh, Riverfest festival that will be on over the Maybank holiday weekend um, but it's a very very dramatic shot and typical of, of, of Sean's talent and uh, all the information for Riverfest is available by Alan Jakes in this week's paper as well yeah and also also online yeah. Cheers, Jerry. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. As always, you can keep up to date with all Limerick news on limerickpost.e or follow on the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Therapy Clinic Limerick, with a new store open in the Crescent Shopping Centre. Joining us in studio now is Sporting Limerick journalist John Kyo. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Gabe. How are you getting on? All good now with me. So uh, there was some good news came in this week from Munster, a few yeah. uh, contract extensions. Yeah, Johan van Graan, Munster's head coach, has signed a contract extension until 2022. His initial deal that he signed in, uh, when he joined in November 17 was due to run out at the end of next season, but Munster have acted fast to hold on to him to make sure there was rumours in the last six months that he was going to... The Blue Bulls, South Africa team he's worked with before, were looking for him to come back. Um Highly sought after coach, so from what we believe, he just spent a good, good bit of time at the Springboks, if you know all that as well. But yeah, both parties seem very happy to renew their deal, so interesting yep. one. What has he brought to the Munster team in his tenure? Yeah, it, it's it's hard to define because they haven't won. Look, Munster have to win trophies. There's yeah. no. You're in the shadow of Leinster, who've been the dominant team in Europe in the last couple of years, more than the last couple of years. There's I a bit of stability there, though. There, there, I think there is because with Rassi Erasmus. L- Put a lot of good groundwork in, but was gone from nowhere. Just yeah. went off, and we're not aware. We weren't aware, I suppose, at the time that there was this thing in his contract that he was able to leave once he gave a certain amount of notice. I'm not sure what the inner workings of Jan van Grand's contract is. None of us should know, I suppose. Yeah, he's just for for me this season especially. It's his first preseason with the team. They have a new defense coach that got his first look at preseason and implemented his things. That a new strength and conditioning coach and Dennis Logan who came from the NFL, they were all starting afresh this year. And I think for Munster, in a lot of ways, like they, they haven't, they've lost only a couple of games. Okay, fair enough. They lost a couple of they were fairly poor in the early stages of the season, certainly the Pro 14 season away from home. But they, they just, they, they, there's something about Munster at the moment. We, we'll see, look, it's, we're at the business end of the season. We'll see in the next few weeks. Of course, they're playing Benetton and Rugby in Italy on... Friday night, but we'll see in the next few weeks. The week after that is the big game at Saracens. Look, they're going to go into that game underdogs, no question. Nothing suits better than being underdogs mm-hmm. for Munster. It'll be a huge task against a top quality Saracen side. But with Van Graan himself, he, he's definitely bought into the ethos of Munster. I, I, I think he's he's perfectly suited for the road. There have been incremental improvements. The biggest thing has to be the, the expansion of the squad. I mean, Munster have pretty much two fairly high quality players in every position I mean you couldn't see okay one fella gets injured I'll give you an example and we'll talk about him again in a minute Albie Matthews Simmons up at the Munster press conference this week as well now he's five times capped or 
I think it's five times capped. All back, you know, seriously quality. We played against Munster for Toulon last year in the Champions Cup quarterfinal. He's been around the block. He's 33 years of age. He's been brilliant to have as a backup for Conor Murray, along with Duncan Williams, along with Neil Cronin, and to a lesser extent, James Hart. You know, he's a guy, Munster, for argument's sake, if Conor Murray got injured in the last couple of years, there was no one else. He's one of Munster's marquee players. Matthewson has stood up to the place, and as I said, he's a five times capped Kiwi international, you know. And I, I just think the signing of Tyburn and the RFU were involved in that as well. I just think Munster have improved incrementally since Van Graan took over November 17. In his first season, they got to the Pro 14 semi final, Champions Cup semi final as well, lost to Leinster and Racing Metro, Racing 92, sorry. It's more than likely going to be that again this year. They're in a semi final against the Arsons. Look. And the performance against Edinburgh a couple of weeks ago shows how they can persevere when they go behind as well. Exactly. They run their dogs there as well. They, they were to a point, yeah. The, the thing for me is, I, I, I don't care about performance when it comes to knockout rugby. You're in the middle, you're, you're now effectively at knockout rugby. Okay, Munster are going to have a, a, a not a full strength team going to Treviso with the Saracens game uh, the week after. A few players have been given time off. Mainly the Six Nations lads again. That's an IRFU directive, not just Munster. Mm-hmm. But for me, Munster is about winning <coughs> rugby. At the end of the day, it comes down to when Munster were at their best, when they won in 2006 and 2008, the Heineken Cup finals, and when they were dominating Irish rugby as well, it was about winning rugby. Sometimes it's not pretty, but it's about winning. and that's I think that's been brought back a little bit. Yeah, people give out about game, game plan styles, there's no reliance on defence and the kicking game, especially Conor Murray's box kicks. Look, if it works. You know, you saw a game on Friday night between Leinster and Treviso cracking 27-all draw with Treviso going through, I don't know how many phases, phases at the end of the game to score that equalising try and get the conversion to draw with Leinster. Look, Munster are up against it against this Treviso team. They're very, very good at keep on Treviso. It's habit. Benetton rugby, as they're now known. You know, but with Van Graan to, to finalise on that, look, it shows that he's here for the long haul. A lot of players have signed on till they extend. Joey Carberry recently extended his contract till the same period of time, June 2022. Can only be good news for Munster. Yeah, there's more good news with Matthews in there. Yeah, look, a few times we've interviewed Alvy Matthews in this year. He initially signed for Munster in August as a short-term replacement because Conor Murray was injured with that neck injury. Medical joker, as he was known, that was extended till the end of March and we talked to Albie in between that look he was he's just delighted to be at Munster he's really enjoying his time at Munster he's since got that contract extension till the end of November which will take him to the to the World Cup really and he wants to stay beyond that but as he says himself it's not his decision it's not Munster's decision it's an IRFU thing this goes to the the Irish looking after their own players the IRFU looking after and um, young players coming through to make sure they get a proper chance at provincial. Look, I understand that. But Alvy Matthews has been a fine player for Munster and hopefully he will be for a while yet. Brilliant. And uh, you dropped a pen on Friday to pick up the camera for a bit and a I bit, shot there a on bit of both. Yeah. page 75. We, we, sport, we had Sporting Limit at the Young Munster and Shannon game at Tom Clifford Park. Um, cracking day for Munsters. Um, really got them out of results that went their way. Um, if Terenure had lost Clontarf they were fully safe from any relegation worries Terenure pulled out a great performance to beat Clontarf their Munsters are in 6th but technically could still be in relegation trouble it's a bit of a bizarre one it's very very tight 
on the flip side for that Shannon um, bit of pressure on them now with their bottom yeah. and the host Carcon uh, this Saturday the, the thing for Shannon might work in their favour is that Carcon have already qualified for the semi-finals they may not send a full team it's still not a team you want to cope against when you're in no, the relegation no it's not it's absolutely not and even if Shannon win you know they need results to go their way to even get off the bottom spot finish second bottom they're in a playoff relegation so a relegation playoff with the team from Division 1B look Shannon were poor that's not taking anything away from your monster were very clinical scored five tries very impressive performance but um You'd have to worry for Shannon. Monsters are actually in a bizarre one or up in, against Terry Muir. Both sides could be happy with a draw. It's an interesting one, we'll see. But look, Monsters will want to finish off the season on a high with a win. The great atmosphere, a big crowd, has to be said, in Tom Clifford Park, which is great to see. A bit akin to the old days of the AIL. Not the big, huge three, 4,000 crowds, but still, there's about 1,500 there, I reckon. And game under lights, great atmosphere, has to be said. There was one winner, and it was Young Monsters. Elsewhere, Gary Owens' playoffs hopes, uh, playoff hopes, I should say, are gone. They had a big defeat up in uh, Aviva Stadium to Lens on the back pitch in the Aviva Stadium. So they're fifth. They're, they're ahead of Young Monsters, but they're about eight, nine points ahead of the, ahead of Monsters. So fifth is going to be them. It's a bit disappointing for Gary Owen. Last few weeks, their season's tailed off a bit, which is a shame for them that they'll be the first time in a long time that there'll be no Limerick team in the top four coming into season still an exciting run in for the next few weeks I suppose yeah last game it's the last game yeah. of the season now so that'll be it for you know Monsters and Shannon so it's the last chance to loom yeah and uh, over to the the old Schlitter the Schlitter yeah we have the Limerick the Bon Secures Hospital Limerick Senior Hurling Championship uh, commencing this weekend holders in the Pearsic are going for three in a row they start off their campaign with South Liberties I think it is I'll just check my notes now. yeah South Liberties and Mungret Anyway, I was right. Uh, first game, they're going to be very, very big favourites for that. You also have Adair and Kilmallock in um, Group 1, which is the topper level of senior hurling. Um, and you have Dune and Patrickswell, which is probably the marquee game of the weekend. That's going to be shown live on TG Cahar. On Limerick GA TV, you will have that Adair Kilmallock game Saturday night. Um, yeah, look, the Pearson are going to be strong favourites. On that, you know, they're going, they're going by their form the last few years, they have to be. I think, look, yeah. th- look, this is what I say to people about Napiershik when they're questioning them, not even questioning them, but asking about them. So, look, Napiershik aren't only aren't the best team in Limerick, which they've been the last couple of years. Napiershik are one of the best teams in the country, mm-hmm. along with Kula and Dublin. And you're looking at Valley Hill Shamrocks back at that level, your their last three. <coughs> Valley Gunner. Yeah, the beat Valley Gunner, Keen, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> we, won't, we won't go on, we won't go on past that. Or Valley Gunner beat Napiershik. Yeah, look, it's, it's an interesting look. Limerick Hurling's on a high, as we know. Um, but in the Pearsic favourites, uh, we've two weeks of the Senior Hurling Championship for the players to go back to Limerick duty and prepare for Muster Championship. But yeah, I th- the, the Adair Kilmallock game could be a good one. Um, you'd expect the Pearsic to be South Liberties, who, who've come up from Group 2 last year. But Patrick's well and doing repeated last season semi final. Really, really eye catching game on Sunday. And uh, over to the round ball and a bit of soccer. Yeah, Limerick FC going for five wins in a row. Flying high. Flying yeah. high, Limerick FC. Early days, but they're doing a lot better than people expected. Look, you can't argue, and it's built on a solid defence. Yeah. Another clean sheet away at Galway last week, uh, last Friday. Game they could have won a lot more comfortably, according to Tommy Barton. I wasn't there myself now, but talking to our soccer reporter, Adrian Finnan, he said the same. But one thing to say about them last year in the Premier was their defence was decent. Defence was decent. Just yeah. concede needless goals at yeah. time. Look, 
that, that was last season. It's a very experienced yeah. defence. Because Sean Kelly, Robbie Williams and Shane Tracy, the regular three of the four. And Killian Bruder now has two or three seasons at adult level playing Premier Division and First Division now. So, I mean... I think supporters it, have to remember it is a young team as well. Very, very, very much so, Keen. Like, they've won for no... No, and I certainly... If anyone I've talked to before this season was not expecting this from Limerick FC. So you have to give huge credit to Tommy Barrett. The only little concern is... it. As you've mentioned, it's a very young squad. Yeah. So, if they pick up suspensions, they're picking up yellow cards, the likes of Darren Murphy, Jason Hughes, vital cogs in the middle of midfield, they don't have that underneath, they don't have that kind of experience underneath. You'd be relying on younger players or maybe moving a few players around. If they do get suspensions and injuries, one player, of course, Sean Russell, I got a fairly bad injury in Limerick's last home game, and he's gone for the season, so... Very experienced player, son of former manager Martin Russell, has played with Limerick now on and off for three or four seasons. He'll be a loss, you know. So who comes in for him? Who's there? You know, that that's that's a worry. Tommy Barrett mentioned that after the Galway game. But look, they're they're at home again on Friday night and Wexford Utes. Yeah, it? it, it's it's Wexford's bottom of the league. Bottom of the league. It was same last week against Galway. So Limerick will go in to this game full of confidence but there's no easy game in this there's game. no easy game there's a lot of teams on a similar footing it does seem early on though Galway and Wexford are the good teams that's the one thing you can really look at yeah. already they have a win each but yeah Limerick had 14 points level on top of Longford Town Longford just had a goal scored I think it is um, how do you think they'll get on this weekend then? Going, like I said, they're going to be massive favourites. It'll be interesting to see. Like they haven't had Will Fitzgerald yet this season. He's another couple of weeks off fitness, I believe, as well. And he was like, I mean, he was called up to, along with Carlos Sullivan to an extended Limerick Twenty One squad under new manager Stephen Kenny. Stephen Kenny has also mentioned that he he was he would have been looking to sign Will Fitzgerald for Dundalk if he if he hadn't gone to the Ireland Twenty Ones job. So that's how highly he's rated. He'll come back in the next few weeks. Um, Look, Limerick are playing well. The likes of Aaron Fitzgerald has made a good impression this season so far. Again, younger players again. But yeah, more importantly than anything else, Limerick look a threat up front. With both Kieran Red Hanlon and especially Conor Ellis, who, who's flying at the moment, as well as the team. Conor Ellis is scoring goals that we expected him to do last season. Um, he's yeah, their finishing has improved a lot. Without question, yeah. So look, it's all positivity around the <coughs> club, but we have to temper that positivity too be by saying what you said. It's a very young squad that are exceeding expectations at the moment, but it's all good. And a couple of articles there by Adrian Finnan on the sports page. Yeah, he, he's an interview with Lee J. Lynch, of course, former uh, Limerick FC player, Lee J. And Lee J talks about his time at Limerick and watching Limerick at the moment, but he's currently playing with Larn up in Northern Ireland. They won the Northern Ireland First Division recently, so they'll be going playing top-flight football. says he's enjoying himself up at Larn but would never, ever rule out a possibility in the future of returning to Limerick. Of course, the Lynch family, much vaunted family involved in Limerick FC over the years. So, interesting interview with, from Adrian with Lija. Yeah, Lija, yeah, yeah, definitely. Lija still has a great graph for Limerick, no question about that. He's a he local would. boy. Yeah. So, yeah, it, as you said, an interesting read with Lija. Limerick, Wexford, 7.45pm on Friday. And tickets are on sale for that now as well. I think yeah, yeah. a reduced rate. Reduced rate if you're looking online. Uh, as always, our sports news is brought to you in association with Sporting Limerick. And more sports news videos and podcasts are available on limerickpost.ie as well as sportinglimerick.com. John, thanks for joining us. More than welcome, Keenan. This week's podcast is brought to you with Therapy Clinic Limerick, where they have a second store now open in the Crescent Shopping Centre. 
I'm now joined by our entertainment's editor, Eric Fitzgerald. Eric, how are you getting on? How are you, Keen? How are you getting on? Not too bad. <laughs> a busy old day. Um, it's been a yeah. long day, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, I think we're looking out with this lovely week. weather as well. You know, it's tough when you're looking out with the weather. I think so, yeah. yeah. It's just brightly coloured out there. And uh, yeah, there's loads to look forward to for the weekend, though. That's yeah. it, you know. We're just going to maybe what recharge the batteries tonight, maybe. And then we'll see where we go from there, you know. But what will keep the people of Limerick entertained this weekend? Well, I had a great chat with uh, Mr. Owen Collins. Algen, he of the Hardy Bucks, and um, he uh, he's, he's he's just a funny guy, and um, obviously the good news is the the series the Hardy Bucks obviously probably put into its fourth fifth series. They're considering making another one. They made a movie of it there a while back, and uh, um, that was successful. I mean, the success of the Hardy Bucks. You know, it's even just Irish is, humor, isn't it? It's really localized, you know. Yeah, and it's sort of, um, yeah. It, it, I think they described it like an Irish version of The Hangover or something like that. You know, <laughs> just a whole bunch of guys having fun. Yeah, but it, it captured the imagination. And uh, yeah, the good news is they will make another series nice of the Hardy Box that is coming. But um, in the meanwhile, Owen Colgan is uh, on tour, and he's ton- he wants to tell us about his spiritual journey. So the comedian is. Um, Talk, t- talking about a journey like like a monk from being a priest to being woken and becoming more spiritual like a monk and I'm sure it's all a load of bullshit that he's just <laughs> going to tell us a whole bunch of jokes um, uh, as you know himself he's he yourself he's MMA obsessed yeah. and um, he has a he's still doing a lot of work for uh, Petty Power yeah. and uh, I think you see him pop up constantly he just kind of acts like one of the boys on the road doesn't he John yeah <laughs> he, 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 and yeah he just marched up to anybody that's in yeah. MMA and uh, <laughs> sort of do an interview on the fly I know some of these guys don't don't think they even know that he's from pettypower.com yeah. I think they just think maybe he's some freak that, <laughs> with a cameraman following him around so how was, was your interview with him <laughs> <laughs> I was at the other end of a telephone line thankfully yeah. anyway, you know so he's a, but he says he, sometimes he does they don't know especially the American MMA fighters they don't know whether to take him seriously or dick him you know so but uh, but yeah he's, he's pretty MMA obsessed so it's a good crack with that and he was telling us about that and the fact that he actually has the only time he's ever been uh, in in, in a, the MMA in in the ring, uh, so to say, is um, he was holding up placards telling people what round it was. So, <laughs> for all that, you know. But he's he's great crack anyway. So and, um, and that yeah. gig is this Friday, is it? So that gig uh, is the show is called Woke and it's own Colgan Hardy Bucks and it's in Dolan's this Friday, April twelfth. Nice one. And uh, is there any new music coming out, Eric? With loads of new music again. As always. We have some uh, good stuff coming again. Um, I'll kick off with some good news. There's a few guys now um, of my vintage in the office and they were their eyes were glazing over and they were fierce happy to find out that a band called Ride are back on tour and they're coming to Dolan's and they're coming on uh, Thursday, June the 6th. So Ride... The band are coming out of that era, early 90s, when um, the likes of My Bloody Valentine and Primal Scream were making massive records. And um, I suppose they got labelled with this kind of shoegaze kind of a label, but the shoegaze basically meant just bands that played loud guitars with great pop tunes, but 
tunes were buried and the bands tended to look down at their feet when they were playing <laughs> that's where the shoegaze came from so it's, it's, it's almost like an insult you know but um, yeah so, so it's kind it's of just the bands pop. looking down and not the, not the audience yeah the audience <laughs> <laughs> it was all quite psychedelic kind of stuff yeah. so I did yeah I did, I did, hey you know who knew what anybody was seeing to be honest when these guys were playing but yeah they, they came up with a couple of great albums and yeah going blank again and the, before that was nowhere and the, yeah they were they were um they were they were signed up to the the same label as Primal Scream and and um, they just made great records for that era and I think uh, one critic described it as uh, listening to pop music with a chainsaw in the background. Yeah, they were pretty. Did you ever see them live yourself? I did actually. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I mean, like I was excited. Like from that that era would be kind of my era as well, buying records from Creation Records, as, as I was saying, uh, that the, where Primal Scream were signed up to. Uh, my bloody Valentine. I mean, I'm a huge fan of them. And Roy just came along around the same time, maybe a little bit influenced by him. And um, they had a similar kind of approach. And their bass player, actually Andy Bell, went on to join Oasis, which is a strange sort of move yeah. for him. But yes, I did get to see him finally. The one and only time was Electric Picnic about four years ago. And what was it like? And uh, I was very excited to go there. It was a Friday evening. It was about four o'clock, five o'clock on a Friday. There was me, a load of headbangers from the indie scene in Limerick and Dublin. And um, yeah, we, we numbered in the tour 300, I think, in a big tent. Nice. But we were blissfully unaware of that our <laughs> circumstances because the music was amazing you know it was loud and just, uh, yeah, they, they hadn't lost it like you know they're real they're proper fighting force when they come to play uh, yeah so they're, they are playing in the warehouse as I said and that's in Thursday June the 6th tickets going on sale Thursday the 11th today brilliant and um, yeah that in the warehouse with that kind of music the lights and the right smoke going you know yeah. this could be this could be a trippier version of Fontaine's DC if we were both out there while like. <laughs> Fontaine's are releasing their album this week but there's also some new music from Menno yeah so the, yeah we've been talking about Fontaine's DC uh, quite a lot and we were yeah. with a super gig from him in Dolan's and you're right Friday this Friday it's finally coming out all the, the, all the all the hype all the hustle it's now going to be on the street you can now listen to the, the album in its entirety and we've got some local heroes as well and when young they have announced that their album uh, it will be coming out on May the 24th so that's Aoife, Andrew and Niall, they are out of Limerick and Clare, a bit of Clonlara, Corbally. So they um, they kind of played a kind of a dream pop sound themselves. And um, initially, actually, they they, they, they they used to go to Costello's and they got inspired by the music they were hearing there. And then they moved themselves over to London and there were students over there. And actually, in their earliest, earliest incarnation, there were a band called Sisters, same three. And they actually used to make what you could describe as a shoegaze kind of a sound. But it developed to, to something more like Two Door Cinema Club. And, you know, they've had like these kind of pop singles, you know, yourself, like Never Let Go, Pretty Pure Future. They've been on the radio all the time. Even if you don't know the titles of them, you've heard them loads of times. So there's, there's three or four really strong songs on the album already. And it's an 11 track album. The rest of it is all new music. I haven't heard it yet. I'm hoping to get to hear it Looking next week. Looking forward to it, say. Yeah, look, they've really sort of stepped up, you know. They've stepped up a, co a couple of steps on that ladder because they're now signed to Virgin EMI Records. Massive. And they were over at the South by Southwest 
festival last year in the summer uh, their touring has become totally extensive that's not a small tour. festival it's a big deal like, you <laughs> know it's that one that says those bands are on a cusp of they are now kind of considered to be a band that have an album in them or more and are going to go somewhere all all going well for them if the stars align as they say so yeah so that's when young um so they don't think they're going to be touring with us so i don't think we'll see them for a while but the album will drop on uh, may the 24th so that's another record to look forward to on top of loads more records coming this weekend yeah and uh speaking of records record store day record store day now here it is this is for all the muses around the um once a year, um, this this celebration, I suppose, it recognises your local record store, the place where you as a teenager maybe just hung out with your friends and you bonded over it as a school kid and the music that you were into, sharing the music together. Somebody might have, get the money together to buy one version of it, everyone else taped it, you know, yourself, you know. I remember you, working in the record store when I was younger and my week's pay would go on whatever CDs I could get, you know. So you barely made it out yeah, the door with, exactly, with any cash yeah. on you. The idea of a record store in town, I presume, like that, your Waterford, Waterford City, is probably the same thing. There was probably one or two really good yeah. shops in town. Um, they became kind of... A bit of a downturn and then after a while and some shut down and... Yeah, yeah. Some are here to stay as well, you know? Well, yeah, well, I mean, the whole downloading thing, I suppose, yeah. you know, put paid to a lot of it, you know, they had to really totally reinvent themselves. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's how we consume content now that dictates, you know, how, how where does a record store fit into that? But well, we had Pow Pig release a cassette last week. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're still trying to work that one out. Like, and how are the millennials that just listen to Spotify going to work out how a cassette works? <laughs> so maybe yeah. this whole retro thing is going to help with a. Uh, <laughs> Could do because this uh, record store day is happening this Saturday, and um, obviously I suppose to, to uh, in Limerick City I guess it's it's down it's down by Steamboat Key and a Steamboat Records there. They would be the, the main independent record store in town, and uh, they're not part of a chain. So they have, um, like, Record Store Day, an awful lot of the record companies have got behind it now in the last few years. There's bringing out something in the region of, like, about 500-plus special releases, things re-released that had, had been difficult to find before, box sets, 7-inch single box sets by Rita Franklin, um, a re-release of The Crow, the original picture soundtrack, um, and like Prince, actually, there was a cassette mix that Prince brought out in 95, and it was called the Versace Experience that was brought out uh, during the Paris Fashion Show Week, and um, that wasn't available to anyone unless you could find it somewhere rooted out. Or, but now it's going to be on official release again. And it's massive for collectors. That's what it is. It's yeah. just for collectors. These people will be obsessed with that. So the, all those, and actually, ironically enough, that is coming out on cassette only. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to we're going to have to find cassette player somewhere. Sony Walkman sure. somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. So so yeah. So the guys down at Steamboat like they really get stuck into this. I mean, every year they do a great show, and um, they. Have a few. Uh, they have live acts playing. They have uh, Post Punk Podge, Fox Jaw, Jenny, 
hazy. Some brilliant local talent. There's great loads yeah. of talent there and they'll probably play upstairs in the acoustic room so it'll be kind of an unplugged kind of a session. And on top of that they have hundreds and hundreds of these records that have been specially brought out for the day. They have a load of second-hand vinyl that they brought in the last while. The place just gets packed on Saturday yeah. and people just go in all day. It's a real celebration. It's a real party. So even if you're vibe. not a collector there's something there for you with the live Well you're going to hear this live music is going to be available to you and just have a little wander around and see what records you have. And there's one little piece of limited interest in record store day uh, the, the Steve Lebeck D- BBC DJ came out with this compilation called Lost Alternatives which also looks back to the 90s era of indie and uh, on the vinyl that's coming out uh, this Saturday for the first time and the, on that double vinyl record is Suede Mogwai Slow Dive Elastica Ash Fairly serious hitters from yeah, the yeah. 90s and kind of some of the earlier singles they had and rare stuff. And in the middle, at the, the very tail end of those 24 tracks is a little band from Limerick called The Hitchers. Who I heard of them. Cult oh, hit. Yeah. I don't know where you heard them. Maybe <laughs> something banging on about They might the be bringing out a cassette again soon, <laughs> would they? <laughs> they started off actually bringing out <laughs> handwritten singles. That's exactly what The Hitchers did to start off. Uh, preciously made one by one. So The Hitchers on Strachan managed a, 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 a sort of of a cult hit that made it onto John Peel's uh, Christmas uh, Top 100 uh, way many, back in 97. Ma- so. Many Leeds fans will be a... Uh, Leeds fans will love this, yeah. Gordon Strachan. I know he was... I know that he... Um, he, he, was um, he, he was in a bit of controversy at the weekend out there, but uh, this, is a, this is an ode to Strachan and, um, and that, that Leeds team are kind of a... It's, it's most of the players who play in the Leeds team, they're all in the song. Gordon Strachan in the song manages to score a hat trick. He admits himself he never scored a hat trick <laughs> since he was about twelve. But that's the song, and it ended up. And uh, of course, any members of the, the Hitchers that are around the office are very happy about this, and then their extended imagine, families. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's a great. So it's a, it's a kind of a limerick interest on. Nice, you to give them a plug as well. I, I, indeed, <laughs> indeed. You think I was getting paid to do it? You know? I'm not. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's going to be a great crack. So you've got live music, tons of records, and a little bit of a limerick interest in it. Brilliant. And um, yeah, Foxshaw are playing. They are actually playing a kind of acoustic set for Record Store Day. But also later on, on Saturday night, the 13th, they are playing a full show in the Casbah. And they brought out a single there, Madeline, that we uh, played. Um, we played a good few weeks back now and they've been on tour across the UK and the video is pretty amazing and we'll put it back up again for folks to see and a little thing about that if you are making it down to Dolan's to see Fox Show try and get there a bit earlier because the Vulpines they are a really good duo and uh, kind of somewhat grungy two girls drums and guitar and they make a sweet racket and great pop tunes and uh, they are well worth a look that's worth getting down there early for um, and there's a lot of other stuff across the town. So even Hudson Taylor are doing a unplugged acoustic gig in the Lime Tree, and um, of course Owen Colgan and Shoda shows are, are are on on Saturday. And um, if you need a bit more grungy Seattle grunge experience, there's a lot going on. There's, there's always, always something going on. Going on. There's yeah. always some, yeah. something good going on, um, and there's always a gig to go to around town. Sure, have a look at um, have a look at our listings page. You'll find something that'll float your boat, hopefully. That's all in this week's Limerick Post. And Eric, as always, thanks very much for joining us. It's been Thank a you. pleasure. And we'll see you soon again. Have a good one. <laughs> Take care. So this has been the Last Post podcast. I've been your host, Keen Reinhardt. Thanks for joining us today. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Therapy Clinic Limerick with their second store now open in the Crescent Shopping Centre. 
I'd like to thank those who joined me today. Head of News, Jerry Collison, Bernie English, our journalist, and Eric Fitzgerald, entertainment editor, as well as John Keo from Sport Limerick. As always, you can keep up to date with all Limerick news on limerickpost.ie or following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all our social media channels. Check online for more podcasts and videos, as well as more news, sport, entertainments, arts, pets, home and living, and much, much more. We really are Keeping Limerick Posted.